Okay, so we're we're continuing with uh, Magid now, up to Magid. So we already began discussing Halach Ma'anya uh, when we were setting up the the Seder plate. So we spoke about the Matzah, why it's called Anya, even though Matzah is uh, the symbol of freedom. So what's the connection to Anya? So we'll go just discuss that a little bit further. Um, and Ani is a person who is completely unto himself. He has nothing else um, combined with him. Uh, and, and, and therefore, he is exactly who he is. There, there's nothing else um, you know, superimposed on top of him. Uh, whereas, what's an usher? An usher is a person who, in addition to his essential self, has many other... Um, side features, descriptions, um, states that he is in. He, he, he has this car, he has this house, he has this place, he has this location. So he's tied into an entire network uh, that, that, that defines him to a certain level, which is not the essential self. So the, uh, the, when you want to talk about a Ben Horan, someone who is disconnected from everything else he is he is his own man right now it could be in this world it could, it'll be it would be for bad to be your own man in that regard right uh, to be an onion uh, but nonetheless the, at least conceptually um to be an onion means to be your own man to be unto yourself entirely so that is uh, that's lechem oni bread matzah is total is just bread without anything else mixed into it. It doesn't have the yeast that made it the, that helped it to rise, right? That that, that made it to inflate, that changed its uh, taste and uh, and uh, consistency. Uh, it doesn't have the matzah shira aspects of either oil or eggs or honey or anything like that, right? All it is is just simple bread by itself. Okay, um, obviously the uh, geula is the symbolism over here, that's, the, 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 that's why matzah is also something that's made very quickly, it's not given time to rise, because what if it, it, like we learned in Zrizus, it is mamish, the, the um, archetype that we used in Zrizus, in Sisharim, we're learning together, right, that... Uh, if you give something, if, if something is given within time, then it means is is subject to step by step by step progression. It's is dependent on other things. If you know, uh, in order for this to happen, I have to wait for for that person to call. That you know, like what's a classic bureaucracy, classic red tape, right? Is uh, you know, in, in America they're still figuring out how, you know how they're going to be vaccinating people, right? This is uh, you know. In Israel, they're, they're finished and, uh, yeah, uh, a long time ago, right? So here it's, well, this depends on that, and this depends on that. Well, first the governor has to, you know, prove this, and then afterwards it has to go through this committee. And so um, matzah, which is, which is a symbol of chipozon, of speed, um, means it just goes without interruption. 
And again, matzah, as long as you're working the matzah, which means as long as you're involved, you, there's no break, there's no, what we refer to in, in, back in Prokeman's Rizus and Sosharm, as hefsek's man, right, as, as interruption of time. So it could take a person, you know, 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, maybe an hour to knead the, to knead the dough, right? That's fine. That, it could take you as long as it takes you. As long as you're involved in it, it's not considered really the elapse of any time. Time elapsing means time that passes between doing A and doing B. That's that's time elapsing. That means it's it's nitun tachasazman. It's now within time. It's uh, as opposed to an object being identified by its by its beginning. Um, you know, when when the when the act was initiated, okay. Practically speaking, when they do the matzah baking, now the timing of that like eighteen minutes is is from the is just from when the eating process ends. Uh, I mean, again, they're very very machmir when when they do that. So there it could be they are marked to finish the whole thing within 18 minutes because who knows, who knows, who, maybe they're working it, but maybe one little part of the dough isn't being worked. I think that, uh, they have stringency upon stringency in, in, in the, in the Chaburus. But um, when you want to understand the concepts that lie beyond, you know, behind the halacha, so you have to look at the pure halacha, not at the practical halacha. Okay, um, and 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 also, of course, uh, important to understand that the the, the matzah which represents geula is showing us over here something which is not tachas asman, it's not within the flow of time. It's to show that the geula itself was not a regular uh, development of a, you know, like a historian would say, well, this revolution was. Uh, actually, in in the works for for hundreds of years, right? Uh, what led to the um, you know the Russian Revolution was the industrial developments that took place 50 years earlier, and then therefore this, and therefore that, and therefore that, and that's why ultimately you know, this happened, right? So. Um, uh, Gulus Mitzrayim was didn't come from that, from that down here, step by step by step. It came from Hashem. It it, it was a um, miraculous thing. That's what we, that's what we're going to say later, right? That if not for if not for the fact that Hashem took us out, we would have been there for we would have been there indefinitely. It means there was nothing within the cogworks of time that was that was kind of building up and 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 dictating that this is where this thing is going to go. Right, and that's obviously symbolized also by the fact that it's in the it's in the first month of the year in Nisan, where uh, so it to show that it's a new beginning. Right, Hashem told us this is a new month. This is a new month for you. It means what's happening now is not the result of some sort of a build-up. It's the result of the Ras Hashem. And so to the matzah is not tachas asman. It's not something that is within the flow of time. Um, the occurred to me, there's a beautiful comparison, analogy, between, like we said, matzah, which is, which is pshuta, 
it's uh, simple uh, to uh, versus chometz, which is murkov, it's compound, right? It's, it's inflated, it's blown up, it's got little crevices and pockets of air all over the place, right? Really, um, we're all familiar, uh, we've spoken about it probably every year, um, approaching Yom Kippur, the Midrash that compares Yaakov to Esav, right? That Yaakov is described as being an ish halak, a smooth-skinned man, and Esav is a ish soyer, a hairy man, right? And the, and the Midrash says that what's it compared to? That they both walk, uh, you know, they both walk on their barn, right? And a, and a bunch of uh, chaff falls on both their heads, right? So the bald man just go right swipes his hand across his head and all the shaft falls off right and the hairy man uh, can't get the chaff out of his hair it's all entangled into his hair right so the if you look at moral and drush shuva so the way he explains it over there is yakov ishalak means he's he's means he's there's nothing but him it's just the yakov Right, it's just the the person without anything else added on, right? Whereas uh, Asaph has all that hair, which is kind of external to the person, um, which to symbolize that Asaph is uh, ha- has all this all this harkava. That's, that's that's seemingly a perfect comparison. Is remember they're twins. Right? Yaakov and Esau are twins, but the difference is that Yaakov is just a person himself. That would be like the Matzah Pshuta, right? Uh, he, Yaakov is described as being an Ish Tam Yoshiv Oil. And what's Tam? Tam means Tmimus means simple. Tam means simple. No, simple doesn't mean a simple ton, right? It's like, uh, but simple means not compound, not not Murkov, not complicated. Of, uh, made up of many different parts. He is who he is. Right? Whereas, like we said, Esav is an Ish. Sawyer, a hairy man, uh, like just like Hametz, right? If you imagine, if you have um, flat bread that's totally, you know, matzah, right? Something falls on the matzah, no problem. You should pick it up, blow on it, right? And it's clean again, Right? A bunch of chaff fell on your matzah, you blow on it, it's, it's all gone. But it, it falls into bread. It, bread has all those air pockets, has all those air, has all those uh, crevices that the chumas caused. That'll be, it'll get stuck in there. So those are those are the two. Okay. Um, the, the matzah and gula are both represented by happening quickly because. Gula. This gula was not a olomazedika gula. It wasn't a gula from this world, which just uh, is a result of many steps that are within the flow of time, mm-hmm. but rather was a uh, divine gula. Um, you know, uh, uh, seemingly a mushal is, you know, if something is in the concrete physical world that we know, for it to move from point A to point C, it has to go through point B, right? In um, in the quantum world, 
which they don't know how this happens at all, right? Seemingly, it leaves physical the physical world. It's not in the physical world at all. And can go from A, pop out of existence, and then pop back into existence in C without having go through B, right? It's definitely the same object. What? It's definitely the same object. Um, well, it has all the same. Um, it has all the same states. It has all the same descriptions to it. So it depends on how you define the same. But it doesn't make a difference. The point is... They define it as the same. What? The scientists define it as the same. They say that it's, uh, it has all the same states. Okay. Um... Okay, and uh, and obviously, you know, the the, the you know when when we, when we when we talk about we're talking about matzah, and then we start talking about you know now we are in Chutzlars next year in Eretz Yisrael. Now we are. Um, Avodim next year we're Bnei Chorin, right? So we, we 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 always speak about this unbelievable Gemara and Brachas that says that Hashem, you know that we want to do your will, but there's two things that uh, but but what can we do? The Saor should be Isa and the Shibud Malchios uh, hold us back. Uh, that doesn't allow us to do it, right? The Saor should be Isa is the representation of the Eight Sahara, and the Shibud Malchios is the social, cultural milieu that we are in, which, uh, which has a tremendous impact. The environment, uh, the, the culture that you're in, even if no one says a word to you, but just the, the feel in the air, let's say in America about money, money is important, it's a feel in the air, even if no one says anything. Right? Um, so that... So that is uh, those two is kind of prevents us from serving Hashem. So obviously now that we're dealing with halach ma'anya, we're, we're talking about the bread that's going to be the bread of our liberation, which is doesn't have the problem of the saor should be yeast. It doesn't have the yeast in it, which is the yitzhara, right? So so once we're talking about removing that from inside of us, so that's one of the two obstacles. So then. And then we're brought to talk about oh so and then and also next year we won't have the other obstacle either the the shiwud malchus the the cultural and social environmental impact that we have from it as well so th- those are the two being the, those are the two things holding us back from true avodas Hashem so we're currently involved in the one. And let that be a schus that next year we should also be freed from the other. Make sense? Okay. Manishtana. Um, so we already spoke about the, 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 all the, you know, the shinuyim, what was called the shibud marachas, the 
the shidud marachas, the the breakage of the seder that, uh, that that's coming to say that on this night it wasn't due to what we're prepared for, what we're fit for, what we're what you know what's coming to us, but rather it was Hashem, um, you know, just sending it down, right? That's uh, uh, and it's so. You know, once we've aroused the children's curiosity to the to the shinuyim of the night, then we can go into the story because really that's what the story is going to show that Hashem is going to act in a non in a non um, organized uh, seemingly type of way, not 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 a step by step progression like like uh, like we're used to. Okay. Avodim. So 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 now now we get into now we get into the story. Um, so avodim ayinu lefaru b'mitzrayim. So important to note, right? That there are two separate things over here. We, when we say we're avodim, that's mitzidein. We were avodim. Means besides the fact that it doesn't say we're mishubed to paro l'mitzrayim. That would be mitzad paro. The paro was a very powerful king. Egypt was a very powerful nation, and they subjugated us. But here's saying more than that: we were actually a vodum. Means the, the, the this was an internal state. This was something that had to do with ourselves. We were a vodum, and in addition to that, we were we were slaves, and we were enslaved by Paro in Egypt. Um, and then the Gon points out that the next sentence exactly counteracts all of these points. So, um, if 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 uh, if we were a vodim, now we have now Hashem, Hashem Elokeinu. So now he became. Now we became. The servants of Hashem, Elokeinu, he's, he's our God, right? So we went from being a Vodim to being uh, to, to Hashem Elokeinu. Leparo, sorry, that's Elokeinu. That's that that's the word Elokeinu, right? Now Leparo, so Paro was enslaving us. So what's the opposite of that? Vyotzienu Hashem, Hashem took us out from there, right? And then and then finally Bimitzrayim. So Hashem took us out Misham from there. So because the land itself was also the land, the country was also subjugating us. So it means there's we were of Adam ourselves. So the opposite of that is Elokeinu. We have God. Paro was a very strong king who was enslaving us. Vitzienu Hashem. Hashem took us away from there. From, took us away from Paro. We were in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was a very strong country, which was very prone to enslaving peace, uh, us. So Hashem took us out, Misham, from there. So th- those two sentences are parallel. Biyad Chazakah was written to Yah. Many different Pirushim here. The, just one that I would say is Biyad Chazakah um, is more of an internal thing. So that that would have to do meaning. A strong hand, even if you know, even if my arms are at rest, they're by my side. But 
I have strength in my hand. Yad Chazaka, strong hand, right? Whereas Ronutuya is an outstretched arm. That's that's when I'm acting externally with that hand, right? So, um, so we said that there were two separate problems over here. We were avodim that was internal from our own selves. We were avodim, and then it was, you know, externally Paro was 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 enslaving us. So then Hashem dis- displayed. A yad chazaka that's internal to change, you know, so to speak, who we are, and zrun to yad to scare away Paro, to to strike him and to get him to leave us alone. Ilu lo hotzia kodesh boruchu es avoseinu mitzrayim hare alnu v'neinu 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 mishubadu ma'inu lefarav mitzrayim. So if Hashem wouldn't have taken us out, we would still be enslaved there today. We are children of children of children. So it means you see uh, that uh, this this would this would have never happened, right? There are certain things that if you wait long enough, something something will develop, something will happen. Here, this this, this by itself would never happen um, unless unless Hashem would take us out. So Moral explains that uh, that this is you're talking about here the. The birth of an uh, of a nation, or the creation of Kalisrael. We're not just talking about. Um, it, it, it's like to have a child, right? If 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 a husband and a wife never get married, right? So the the, the child is never going. There's never going to be this child. The child is never going to come into the world. It's not just going to happen that that. Well, what if you know the woman. Uh, she, she'll, you know, you know with the, okay, she, with the husband, she had to go to mikvah. So we'll just have her go to the mikvah every day, and then randomly, eventually, one day there will be a, a child, right? No, it, it must be the result of the av, right? The av must bring this child into existence, into the world. Klausel are being brought into existence. We mentioned that the Gemara in Tainus, that the the the, the maftechos. That a Kodesh Baruch who doesn't give over to anyone else, right? Uh, which the, those are the maftechos of bringing into existence, uh, uh, being that only a Kodesh Baruch who is bupoil gamur in absolute state of existence. So he's the only one that brings other things into states of existence. Um, again, this unbelievable. I, I, again, if you don't have a physicist. Inclination. I, I'm sorry, but just the marshal is so unbelievable that it has to be said, right? Maral is always talking about this concept of be, something being bepoil gamor or bekoach, right? Is the thing in a state of absolute existence or or not? But but the expression poil gamor means fully, uh, you know, uh, existing in 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 a, in a rock solid way in an unchanging way is what the moral always stresses whereas homer is kind of, kind of a, you know do subject to states now the example that the moral uses is if you have a physical object right so it's subject to state at least in location look i can move it from one place to another right but it's also subject to states that i could i could cut it in half I could take this box of tissues and make from it two um, little cups, uh, two, two little... I could take the cardboard, I could refold it and, you know, 
make it into something else or whatever, right? So it's so currently it's in the state of being a, uh, a box of tissues, but but at this location, right? But it could be it could have other uh, states. Um, whereas, let's say one plus one equals two, it doesn't change in any way. It never has a, a state of being um, in a slightly diminished form or in a uh, accentuated form or you know changing locations, right? Or anything like that. So to um, more or less, let's say on a, on a grand scale, with uh, you know um, forces of nature, right? Gravity. Gravity is more or less effective everywhere, right? That's a pretty, it's a pretty ubiquitous, uh, uniform thing. So um, the the states, the more states something has, the more its existence is in flux, right? And by the way, that's the only thing that's subject to to, to quantum change, right? The essential thing itself stays what it is. It's 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 all the associated states, the things that is a part of its existence, but it's, but it's uh, not fully actualized that way. It's not um, that, it's not its definition. It, it happens to be like that right now, right? So uh, an electron can have a, a, a positive spin or a negative spin, a positive charge or a negative charge. You can have a, it can be located here, it can be located over there, right? It can be located in different, different places. Um, but, uh, so, so, so but the more spiritual something is, the more absolutely something exists, the more unchanging something is, right? The more it can be a source of existence for something else. The ultimate example, the ultimate extreme of something having transient existence is what we would call non-existence, right? The uh, scientists are saying that they, they have clear proof that there are particles popping in and out of existence constantly for infinitesimally small fragments of a second pops into existence pops out of existence right so it's it's so transient it's called non-existing at all all the way on the other extreme of that as far as the things that we know would be you know like like we said you know gravity or something else that's kind of totally uh, un- unchanging and present, and and uh, and uh, you know, there's not different states associated with the move that changes either, right? Obviously, all the way on the extreme end of that spectrum would be a kodesh borchu, right? And therefore, a kodesh borchu is the only one that can be the source of things coming into existence. So, therefore, Hashem is the one that has to do this. He's the one that has to take us out. We cannot be actualized. We cannot be brought into existence. It's like almost like a yesh me'ayin, uh, something from nothing. Colossal being created is a brand new thing. Uh, the, the, there's not another na- It's not just another form of another nation. Just, okay, you know, well, we got make a new flag, come up with a language, and you're good to go. Right? No, it, it's... it's uh, you're talking about creating a spiritual, a spiritual nation. So that's why it has to be that way. But is Rosh Paul saying that we are a Paul Gamor in relation to Kodesh Baruch Hu? No, Chas Hashalom. Kodesh Baruch Hu is, is, is Paul Gamor. 
Um, okay, we're, we're higher up in the chain. That's why he's the only one who can take Zeph versus Avon. No, uh, uh, that everything that Hashem, everything brand new that comes in must be from Hashem. Uh, the, the the examples that the Gemara in gives is for a new child to be born or something, right? That has to be decreed by Hashem. Uh, the, the the angels work with what's here in the system, but something new to be to be brought about that that, that has to be done by Hashem because He is the source of all existence. So for something to come into existence, that has to be from Him. Okay, a little bit. Uh, uh, don't want to spend too much time on uh, on that, just because it's a very deep concept, and uh, we can spend the rest of the session on it. Um, so then we say, and this is this is going to be important uh, to see the force from the trees over here. Um, some have the gears, some don't. Okay, so so first of all, obviously these are different stages of being smart, right? Even if we're all smart, um, we, there will still be a mitzvah on us to be mesaper. Now, the, the different stages are, um, Maral explains as being chokhma, bina, das. If you have four stages, it would be chokhma, bina, das, and then nevua. Uh, if you don't have four stages, it would just be chokhma, bina, nevua. But whichever way, the point is you've got all the knowledge you need the the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, you got everything, right? But the point is not about that. It's about re-experiencing, right? Sipur is, it, it, it carries you. Uh, a sipur is, is, a, is a tale, right? It's uh, sitting around, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's enchanting. It, it brings you back and helps you to re-experience that, that misa, and that's why I think every Baal Haggadah, when you put on your kittle on a um, little Seder night, right, you are taking upon yourself the the uh, your your uh, the title of Baal Haggadah. You're 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 becoming the master of uh, the tale of, of 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 telling of telling the tale, right, which has to uh, ignite. People's, uh, I mean, the, the children's um, imagination, and uh, and and like the Chazal say, uh, the person's chayev uh, either either liros or leheiros as atzma kilu hu yatsumim Right, you have to see yourself and le or, or alter- the alternative version is leheiros to display yourself that other people should see. As leaving the tribe, I mean, you're looking. We're looking for a re-experience over here. Um, this is so. This is what we spoke about many times in the in the Derech Hashem and in some other places about the difference between yidia and hasaga. Yidia is knowing something. Hasaga is being there, right? Like we like we've spoken about that that a prophecy. Is, is a different type of a, a, a prophecy is a saga. Prophecy is when you are connected to this spiritual idea that you're involved with right now, right? The prophet is there. He's experiencing it, right? Um, so, the, and if you think about it, the, 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 the mitzvahs of the night are interesting. The mitzvahs of the night have to do with eating. 
right? If you want to talk about suffering, you have to eat some maror. If you want to talk about, if you want to talk about, you know, experiencing the 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 justice and and and, and the strength of Hashem, so you eat the you eat the korban pesach. If you want to experience pshitus, simplicity, separation from from anything else, you eat matzah. So th- why are you eating? Because eating is a saga. Eating is is you experiencing this thing in the most in the most visceral, concrete, physical, babyish way possible. Right? The baby experiences the world through its mouth. The most internalized sense that we have of anything is 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 the mouth. Right? So the hasaga, the perception of something, the perception of the idea, uh Brought all the way down to the, to the point of actual of actual internalization in in, in the concrete physical sense of, of achila. That's what this night is about. You get all these mitzvahs. Everything centers around the table, around the food. Right? It's not just because Jewish people love to eat, uh, which is not true. We're not uh, the, the biggest eaters out there, right? But it's uh, it's uh, it's that the mitzvahs. Are there to help uh, to help us experience the story, and of course that's what that's what the sipur is about. So that's why even if people are tremendous chachamim, as is about to be demonstrated by the Misa with with the greatest chachamim in the generations, you say you think they already know everything. They're not going to be learning anything new. They're not going to be learning anything new. This is not, and if uh, this is not that. Oh, look, the Torah is infinite. And they can still discover more if they dig deep down, you know, the four chachamim that were sitting around. Um, no, that, that's not what they were doing. They weren't in the base midrash, right? Maisa Berebi, Berebi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah and Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfan, the five chachamim. Sheyu Musub and Bibnei Brak. It doesn't say they were they were reclined. Uh, in, in, in the base midrash somewhere. They, they, were, they weren't sitting in the base midrash. Right? They were reclined around the table in, um, I think it was Rabbi Akiva's house. So, th- th- this, this was not that they were discovering, new, plummeting new depths of learning. This was hasaka. This was re-experiencing, connecting to, connecting to what happened. What? Not sure. I hear. Okay. So that was, that was the Sipor is the story, and that's the experience. Really, a story is by fully immersing it in a most visceral way. Yep. Okay. And that's why we got the food. Okay, and uh, the, now it's important to note. Right, Maral points out over here, he, he asks Akasha, how are they allowed to deprive themselves of sleep on Yom Tov? You're not allowed to self-afflict on Yom Tov. Yom Tov is supposed to be a joyous occasion. So the guy's sitting there, rubbing his eyes, fifth coffee, I'm staying up the whole night. Uh, uh, where were we again? Right? Rubbing the sleep out of his eyes. That's that's not the that's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah. Look what happened. But then the night flew by, right? The Talmudim came and said, uh, 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 "The the time has come to say Kriyishma." So it means they lost track of time. That's 
what's supposed to happen. Number one, that's what you're going for, right? And number two, it's only heter to stay up the whole night. Meaning to torture yourself, to stay up the whole night, because kol means if you're actually in it, and you're actually experiencing, you're actually connected to it, and the night flies by. But, uh, you know, self-sacrifices, it takes away from the Yom Tov. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a holiday. Right? Um, okay, now we've got the we got the story with Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria. A lot is said about the story. So, um, two main points that, that, that I want that I want to focus on. Number one, so Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria says that uh, he he was not zocha to um, prove maybe that that there's a mitzvah to remember Yitzias Mitzrayim. Um, not only in, uh, during the day, but also at night, until Ben Zoma Darshan the Pasuk, Laman Tizkoras Yom Tseisecha, Meretz Mitzrayim Kol Yimei So Yimei is Yomim, Kol Yimei is Lelos. Some argue, they say that it's going in, uh, Kol is going in Yemosa Mashiach. But, um, important to note, this Pasuk, that, that Benzoma is darshaning is actually talking about on the Leila Seder. It says you should make the Karm Pesach, eat the Karm Pesach, celebrate the Pesach properly, right? Why? So that you should remember. All the days of your life you should remember. I mean, what's the Pashib Shat? Pashib Shat means you should celebrate. Let us say there properly, so that you'll forever remember. Right? So, where, so, so, uh, what's the connection between the Pshat and the Drush? The Drush is telling you over here that there's a mitzvah three months later, six months later, nine months later, during the day and during the night to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim. But the Pasuk is talking about on the night of. So Maral says an unbelievable thing. He says, the drush is deepening the pshat. The pshat is, like it always does, the pshat is, this is where you, ex- in order to remember something, you know what you have to do first? You have to experience it. You have to live through it. Once you live through it, then you can experience it. Uh, th- then you can remember it. Once you live through it, once you experience it, then you can remember it. If you if you never if you never lived through it to begin with, there's nothing to remember, right? So that's why it's appropriate to darshan from here, obviously, because why is it, why is it? Call you, you could have just said. So you should remember, right? What's it adding? Call you is is coming to say you should freshen up. On that experience. Every day you should reconnect back to that experience. This experience that we're looking to have on Leila Seder and to give to our family is meant to be revisited twice a day, during the day and during the night. If, if, you, if you deeply connect to the idea, if you masig Geula, on this one night, one time when we 
you know, we dedicate the entire night to it, then a short little reconnect in the, uh, during the day, another one at night, will suffice to stay connected to the idea of Gula for the entire year. And if we feel that we've become disconnected from that idea, you know, it's, it, it, 12, 12 months is this, uh, uh, the, the rive in Hilchus Lulav says that a, a Lulav has been disconnected from its water source for 12 months, it's called, it's, it's called Yavish. Even if it still looks kind of green, it's already Yavish, it's already dried out. So we need to re-experience this every 12 months to, to be able to come back to it. So by now it's already kind of starting to wane, Maybe, maybe it already waned some time ago. That would be for one of two reasons. If it, if it already waned some time ago, one would be that maybe we didn't uh, really experience it the way that we should have last Leila Seder, or alternatively, we didn't freshen up on it properly twice a day throughout the course of the year. But if you do those two things, you'll stay reconnect. You'll stay connected to this idea the entire time. That's one. Is that what Shabbos and all the young Tovim also always mention? Is it also another way of getting us back there? Um, I mean, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be coming from this drasha, but uh, I mean, certainly Yitzhiya Mitzrayim is currently the um, play. I guess you're bringing me on to the next point. What I'm saying uh, that the Chiddush is that even by, I mean, according to uh, Ben Zoma, uh, l- 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 this... Uh, Mitzvah to remember Yitzhak Mitzrayim is only going to last until B.S. Mashiach. Because once Mashiach comes, you're not going to need to remember Yitzhak Mitzrayim, or, or it'll be tuffle too, it'll be secondary, it'll be tuffle and bottle too, coming of Mashiach. Why? Because that's where, currently the place where we saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed in the, in the, you know, in, in the most clear way possible is Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Therefore, everything is pointing back to there, because that's the time that we saw him, so to speak, right? Um, eventually, that'll be that'll be replaced by by uh, either partially or fully by by the coming of Mashiach. Okay. And then the other the other point uh, to note is is a beautiful thing that I did mention to you that I, I would try to speak about the uh, the the what's called the Tanai of the Avni Nazer. But before we can talk about the Tanai of the Avni Nazer, we first have to understand. Um, as an important halacha, mamash halacha lemaisa. Um, there's a machlekes between Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, the one who is speaking right here by us, who says that uh, there is a mitzvah to mention Yitzis Mitzrayim not only by day but also by night, right? And the same Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah is of the opinion that the carbon pesach could only be eaten up until chatzos. At midnight, you could no longer continue eating the carbon pesach. Um, the Rabbi Akiva argues with him and says that you, one can eat the Quran Pesach the entire night. It's very important for us because it makes a difference um, at which point you eat your afikoman. The afikoman is uh, the placeholder, is the stand-in for the for the Quran Pesach. We have a hekish between the Quran Pesach and the Matzah. Those two are linked up by the virtue of being uh, in the same pasuk of, of having been eaten together in in the in the hill sandwich etc. So uh, matzah is currently a stand the stand-in for the korban pesach, right? So the afikoman uh, is is that concept of the last thing that you eat is the korban pesach. So now the last thing you eat is, is the afikoman means the matzah. 
So when is that last thing that you're going to eat? What time is that? Do you have the entire night as long as you eat it before daybreak? Or must it happen before Chatzos? That is a machlekes halacha between Rabbi ben Azari and Rabbi Akiva. It's a machlekes uh, in the Gemara. Um, the machlekes Rishonim, machlekes in halacha. Okay, and machlekes in Minhagim. You see, so some people are makpid on Chatzos uh, to, to finish their meal before Chatzos, which this year I think is around 1 o'clock, uh, a little bit before 1 and other people are now makhbed to finish their food before chatzos. Um So, the, the, the um, beautiful Rav Yisak who explains that this is Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah Lushitaso. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah arguing over here with the Chachamim. Right? What are they arguing about? So, they're arguing about when was the Iker Geula? When did the primary Geula happen? When did the primary salvation happen? Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, it happened at night, with the Makas Bechoros. When Makas Bechoros happened, and Paro was forced to let the Jewish people go, right? The power of Egypt was broken, right? We were already liberated. It was just a technicality we hadn't left yet, because you don't leave in the middle of the night. We were waiting to leave until the morning. So therefore, you mentioned Yitzhak Mitzrayim not only by morning when we left, but you're also supposed to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim by night, when... When the power of Egypt was broken and uh, and, and they were they, they were begging us to leave, so if that's the case. If the geula already happened at midnight, so the Karm Pesach has to be eaten before that, because the Karm Pesach is so to speak the the vehicle that's driving us towards the geula. Right, that's the thing that is helping to catapult us to Hashem out of the of the mud. Out of the of the swamp of Mitzrayim, right? But Rabbi Akiva, he understands that although it's a very important thing that happened at midnight, but the Iker Geula uh, was by morning. He he understands like the Chachamim over here, right? Do they understand that no, the the the, the, the Geula, the, the Iker Geula was by day, not by night, and therefore there is no mitzvah of mentioning Yitzis Mitzrayim by night. So then. The Ikagul is by morning, so you have the entire night uh, to to eat your Karm Pesach, right? So that's a, a little bit of a of, of a lumbush taste uh, of, uh, of of what's happening this night. But the the point that uh, this, uh, just uh, what's the tonight of the Avni Nazer? I, I introduced this so you should understand. So we have a Machlekes Rabbi ben and Rabbi Akiva, when is the Geula? And the Karm Pesach has to be the build-up to that. And you can't be eating the Karm Pesach, um, you know, w- once you finish eating the Karm Pesach, you can't eat anything else after. So let's say, make a very clear case. According to uh, Rabbi Akiva, right, that you could eat all the way up until daybreak, right? What if the person finishes his meal at 3 a.m.? Finishes his meal at 3 a.m., right? He eats the Karm Pesach, now, don't eat anything else. Don't have some uh, an apple, right? As long as it's still the night. Now, once it's daybreak already, certainly you can have an apple, right? The time is over, right? The, that's it. The ghoul has happened. Now, now you can have an apple, right? But during this time, the last thing should be the Karm Pesach. 
According to Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, certainly, if you ate your Karam Pesach at 11 a.m., uh, 11 p.m., right? So it would be usher for you to eat anything else until Chatzos. Because you need to have that Tam Karam Pesach by the time the Gula comes. Says the Nazar, this is a Nazar, that, but Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah would say that after Chatzos, the entire Zman Geula is the, the, the gula has already come, so the so it's it's the equivalent of Rabbi Akiva at daybreak, and just like for Rabbi Akiva at daybreak you can already start eating, so to Rabbi Lazar ben Azari after Chatzos you can already start eating, and therefore Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria is not answering you to eat past Chatzos. He's only answering once you eat your afikoman, you can't eat up until Chatzos. So if that's the case, which is a Chiddush and Halacha, the Avnei said, so then a person can, has the option of what's called the Tanai of the Avnei which is that you're eating your meal, let's say you're eating your meal, uh, you see that it's approaching Chatzos, you're halfway into your meal right now, right? Your, your wife just brought out the soup. Yeah? So what do you do? Take a piece of matzah, and you say, if the Halacha is like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, then this is my Afi Koman. Okay? And if the Halacha is not like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, then this is just a piece of matzah. Then you eat the matzah, right before Chatzos. Then you stop, and you wait until after Chatzos. So according to Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, you fulfilled your Afi Koman, now it's after Chatzos, you can eat whatever you want. Because the time is over, the, the, the whole time is, is over. And according to Rabbi Akiva, that was just a piece of matzah. You're still in the middle of your meal, and you continue in your suda until you're finally ready for the real afikoman. What? Why you need to bench? Uh, so are you saying because according to Rabbi Nazar, you might need to do the entire seder of the night um, before uh, be, what's it called before chatzos? Okay, so I hear. Uh, uh, listen, it's a chashash for Rabbi Nazari, meaning you're primarily going with Rabbi Akiva. You're saying, if Rabbi Nazari, so I don't want to be over on that din, right? But uh, to get all the milos, you know, to, to get the to get uh, all the stages of the night in before Chatzos, that's that's already not likuva. Anyway, that's the tonight of the Adnezer. Tomorrow is going to be mama. Please don't miss tomorrow morning. Uh, is I think very very hush of a thing about the arbobonim. Very uh, very important. Anyone who has children or hopes to have children.